In this episode of Man versus Marriage, listening. Becoming a better listener? Can anybody hear me? Hearing me? Something like that. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. I am jacked that you're here. Thank you for coming to hear yet again tips, tools, and strategy to make you the man. Yeah, you're the man. That's right. Find a mirror, look in it, and listen to what I have to say. You are a super stud. Baby. Okay, good. This is the Q Dog in the Moran Family Studio with my wife, Jeannie Moran. Hello. And we're here today to talk about listening. And I'm here to tell you this will be a very interesting episode because what does listening have to do with communication? In my perspective, it is actually much more important than talking. Is how you listen, and we in the past have talked about it becoming, talked about becoming an authentic listener, listening authentically, and uh, I think those are two points of clarification that will help you understand the road that we're going down. Now, for some um, perspective within our podcast, check out episode eight and episode nine. And make sure when you go download those episodes, give us five stars if you deem us a five-star worthy. Right now, we're sitting on a one-star, and that whoever that guy was, he must have been mad. He didn't like us. He didn't put a review in, but we do have a one-star review. The rest are five, which I greatly appreciate. But go give us a review. Make sure that uh, you, know, you like us and that you check us out at manversusmarriagepodcast.com. So... I'm going to start out by saying this. Oh, episode eight and nine have Coach Rita, and that's where you can get some of the coach's perspective. Of course, I'm on the episode running my mouth, but you get that valuable input from Coach Rita. Now, this is where you get mine and Jeannie's perspective on listening, and you can hear the effect that it has had on our relationship. I'm going to tell you this. What I've noticed is when you sit and you look at somebody, and you just listen to what they have to say, there are so many people that feel uncomfortable about that. Eye contact. Well, That one's creepy. It's just odd. You know, you'll be sitting there, somebody's talking to you, and you're, you just sit back, shut your mouth, and you listen. And they're, maybe they're upset. And they look at you and they say, why aren't you saying anything? And it's like, because I want to hear what you have to say. I want to let you say everything you need to say, and I don't want to interrupt you. So I am listening intently so I can hear you. People don't know how to deal with that, I think, because most of the time... They're waiting for ammo. In their experience, <laughs> it's like you're arguing, but you don't know exactly what you're arguing about. So maybe you're expecting to be cut off. You're expecting somebody to yell back and for you to fight about it. That's a complete assumption on my part, but I just know... 
I've just learned over the last few years that when you sit and you listen to somebody express themselves to you, and especially when they're upset, it makes people uncomfortable. Especially teenage children. Oh, yeah. You just sit and you let them talk, and they keep talking, and they keep talking, and you just listen, and then all of a sudden you go, okay, I heard you say this, but then I heard you say this, and I'm just curious. Is there something else you need to tell me right now? Because... These don't match. Yeah. And it's like, so what you're saying is this. And, you know, there are times where I don't hear it right. Obviously, I'm not I'm not perfect by any means. So that's where using that tool when you're done listening to somebody say, this is what I hear you saying. And sometimes it's yes. And other times it's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. Please try again. <laughs> Lay it on me again and let's see what it is. You know, and one of those one of those examples that Jeannie and I can give kind of centers around our sex life. And there are certain ways that I would say, I want sex. I need sex. You're all ears, huh? <laughs> why'd, you, why'd you lean in closer and open those ears up? Because it huh? made you smile. Do you not see that grin on your face? I do. Yeah, yeah. I like when you look at me intensely there. Um, but it, it has to do with what like your old mindsets and your terminology is. So instead of me, let's just explain for a second what listening authentically is. Because I it used to, when Jeannie and I were having a conversation... And she's talking to me, and she's frustrated with me, and she's saying stuff to me. I'm trying to go back through my memory and remember the times that she's made me upset while I'm trying to listen. And I'm trying to um, create arguments for each point that she's making. So really, I'm not listening to her. I'm just listening for opportunities for me to say, yeah, but. But Mm -hmm. what about when you did this? Or... Oh, I know what you mean there, and I'm coming back with this. Always and you never. Right. And you are jumping to conclusions about what that person is saying as opposed to listening authentically to the words, taking the time to digest and get your head wrapped around what they are trying to say because it's not what you say, it's what they hear. And there was a point in my life over 10 years ago were, I mean, I'm a guy, obviously, you know by now that talks a lot. I'm a monologuer. I talk a lot. And I came to this point in my life where it's like, it's time for me to listen more and talk less because obviously I am missing some things that are coming. And I shared that with uh, one of my close friends, and he's like, no way. It's not time. I was like, no, dude, I'm telling you. It's time for me to start listening more. And I didn't even know at that point what listening authentically meant I just knew that there were places within my life or relationships that they were not understanding me or we were not able to communicate properly so I started listening more and it wasn't easy but when you start to discipline yourself in being a better listener or becoming a better listener it truly helps you 
get to the heart of what the person is saying and you'll come away from the the conversation less frustrated and i think the other person while you're listening ultimately comes away from the conversation and they feel like their voice is heard but you're never going to get you will never get to a productive place if while that other person is talking you start going on a rabbit trail in your mind if it's an argument or they're expressing frustration then you are going to find yourself looking to build your ammo reserves so the minute they shut their mouth or when you can't hold it any longer you jump in you interrupt and you say well you say i did all these things what about when you did these things and this is why i did it and eventually you get way off the path of where the conversation began and for Jeannie and I, we had an issue when it came to talking about our sex life. And it came down to the want versus need and then a trigger word. So a trigger, like trigger words, that's like something that's very predominant today that I think we overuse. But for okay, the, well, for the sake of our situation. A, there is a difference between a trigger that makes you uncomfortable and a trigger word, which for us is not meant to be uncomfortable. It is actually the opposite. It was kind of more like a buzzword. Yeah. It's it's not, we use buzzword more than we use trigger because trigger usually means that it's, you know, it freaks you out. A buzzword is, it's something that Quincy and I have developed between each other where when we hear this, we stop and go, okay, wait, hold on. And it just, for lack of a better way of describing it, it's kind of like the Pavlov thing, you know, instead of training me to want food and salivate when you hear the bell, you hear this word and your brain automatically goes, okay, wait, Quincy's telling me something, stop. And it just resets and it helps get you in the mindset of where you need to be. You know, I can, I can be talking to Quincy and go, mm, coach Quincy and automatically he'll stop and go, okay, wait, I don't, I, you know, he knows the difference between when he's being coach Quincy, which means he's trying to help and fix and, and navigate through something. And no, I just need Quincy. Yeah. It, it It's, it's not meant to be a dig. It's not meant to upset the person. It's just a mindset. Quincy can text me from work, all caps, speed bump. Let me know when you're ready. All he's telling me is he knows that this is going to throw me off and he's giving me a few minutes to reset and recalibrate and get away from the kids. So if it is something that's going to set me off, at least I have space mm -hmm. and then I can go and, you know, okay, let's have a conversation or whatever has to happen. It's not trigger like you hear nowadays where, uh, you know, it, it makes you feel uncomfortable and, you know, you feel unsafe and you have to have your... I don't even know how to put this. Yeah, for a commonly used word that shouldn't send you into internal destruction. Disclaimer, autism is alive and well in the Moran studio. Holy cow. It is. And I don't really know. I don't, I always refer to it because I'm, you know, not that I'm embarrassed by it, but I want the show to sound very professional. But when you have people making those kind of noises or banging on the door, I try He's to get He's happy, I promise. He, that, those are all good noises. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that, I don't even know if they can hear it. So we just, I just get all uppity about it. And it's just part of our life. So we need to keep trucking on. <laughs> I think but. it's more of a nerve wrack for me than it is for anybody else. <laughs> um, 
And one of the keys, you know, that goes along with this, like we've talked about in a previous episode, is creating that soft place to land. And that allows that person to speak to you. But what you're creating here, when you are learning how to listen and listen authentically, what it really says to the other person is it conveys that you're listening, you have my attention, you matter, what you say is important, I'm going to allow, I'm allowing you my full undivided attention so you can say what's on your heart. And that, that, that really matters. It does, because one of the biggest things that you will hear people say, um, we've even said it, I've said it in counseling with Rita, I do not feel like my voice is being heard. I do not feel like anybody is listening to me and this is what's going on and it's frustrating because you're not hearing me. Right. Okay, well, if you're listening authentically and you're letting me know right then and there, I'm being heard. Yeah. That also helps me to not ramble and go all over the place with it because I'm nervous because now I know you're listening to me and you're going to hear what I have to say. Yeah, and I'm not coming up with reasons why you shouldn't feel that way or trying to combat and take the like take the emphasis off of what you're trying to communicate to me. I'm actually just listening. And maybe you have a point. Maybe you're wrong. We don't know. But if we don't take the time to become an authentic listener, we will never get to the root of whatever you have going on. And sometimes, you know, some of those conversations are things that you've learned about yourself and that you want me to hear. And that gives me the opportunity to learn a little bit more about you. And then I can ask questions. Mm -hmm. if, we're, if we're in an argument or there's a frustration, it gives me the opportunity to hear exactly what you mean. And I can ask you questions about that. And it's like, no, that, well, that's not what I said. Or this is what I thought. And, and I can, we can sometimes go and clear those things up. And it's like, well, that's the way that you feel about it. I want to give you my perspective on what my side of it is. And then in turn, you listen to me. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I do agree with you that when you don't feel like your voice is being heard, then other things begin to happen in your life. And it's like, well, what's the use? Why should I care? No one's going to pay attention anyway. Yeah, I'm just not going to say anything anyway. And and what else, you know, when you're trying to pour your heart out to somebody and you're talking and you look over and their nose is buried in their phone, well, that is really frustrating. And I'm not calling you out or no, saying no, no. you're doing I, that. I wasn't. I was just thinking a, a prime example in dealing with one of our kids this past week. She kept saying she was having pain, but she wasn't talking to me. She was telling dad. And she kept saying, well, I was right in front of you and I had my hand right here on my stomach. That's not telling me anything. You could just be standing. I stand with my hand on my stomach all the time. I'm playing with my belly button ring. You don't know that because you don't see the belly button ring. I know it because I'm playing with it. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't, she kept saying I wasn't listening to her. I wasn't hearing her. So when I did sit down with her, say, okay, explain to me all of these things. And as soon as she started talking, I didn't say anything. I just listened. And then when we got to the bottom of it, it's like, okay, here's X, Y, and Z. I heard you. And all it came all the way around to I'm jealous. One of my other siblings is getting attention right now for a reason that isn't her fault, but I still feel like she's getting more attention. 
and I wanted that attention. So I made this up so that I would get that attention. But had I not taken the time right. to step back and say, okay, you know what? I'm not listening to you. Tell me your side of it and let's walk through this. And in doing that, it also helped her because I turned around and, okay, you're telling me this, but this is the behavior that I'm seeing. Which one is the truth? Which one is, is really what's happening? And that happens in our relationship too, because sometimes when I'm going through something, I will throw up a wall unintentionally and it will come to your attention and you'll ask me, this isn't you. Am I missing something? Is something going on? Do we need to discuss something? And it will come back to, sometimes if, if I throw up a wall in the past, it was my way of telling Quincy I was mad at him. Something was wrong and it's your fault and I'm throwing up a wall because we're not going to discuss this and I just want nothing to do with mm-hmm. you right now. So now when I throw up a wall, it's kind of a red flag for him. Not necessarily that it's his fault, but he automatically knows something's hurt me or something has set me off or maybe I'm just in deep thought with something. My depression is probably kicking up. But because we've made that pathway where we can talk, we've made that soft place, we've made, we, we have rules of engagement now, we know what our buzzwords are. There are certain behaviors um, that when we see it, it's like, okay, I see something's happening. I know that you need to get something off of your chest. Let's go have a talk. You tell me what's going on and I'll just listen. And mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't need my advice, that's great. I'll just listen. If I, if you do, then it's like, you know, we've said in the past, ask the questions. Okay. Well, wh- what do you need from me in this? How can I help? But if I don't feel like I'm being heard, I'm not going to tell you anything. Correct. And, and, and that is what it comes down to. Like, what's the use? You don't hear me. Why should I even bother? And that, and we want to get away from that. Um, and it's this applies to whether you're working through great conversations because, like I say, sometimes it's like, oh, this is just all oh, how to combat all the bad stuff. Not true, not true. This is no, actually. We, we, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. We you had d- really cool conversation the last week or so with the um, that exercise that I did. It was just kind of, I don't know. I just started kind of word vomiting at him, going, "I just learned this about myself, and it was really cool, and it was this, and it was this, and." It was, and I was excited because it, I figured something out. Right. And he he just sat there for like 20 minutes and just let me kind of throw it all out there. And when I was all done, he was like, wow, so it's this and you're telling me this. And he was able to actually give back what I just put out. Yeah. And then at the end of the conversation, it was like, hey, can I borrow that? I'd, I'd like to check that out because it sounds like maybe he could use it. But if he wasn't listening to me, he wouldn't have known why I was so excited. It would have just been, yeah, okay, she's excited about a book. Yay. Right. And that's that's uh, like an, an example of having a, a really good conversation. It helps when you're working through hard conversations. And it just helps like allowing yourself or your spouse to understand and digest what you're actually saying. So... A couple of a couple do's, couple don'ts, or a few do's and don'ts when it comes to being a listener is to stay engaged. Eye contact is great. Stay engaged. Hear the person. Hear what they're saying. Allow yourself time to digest what they're saying. 
And I think it's always a good idea to say, I hear you saying this. I mean, does that help you when I do that? It depends on the topic. But yeah, True. sometimes um, you'll say, coming from you, it's usually, okay, so let me ask you because this is what I'm hearing. Is this what you're trying to say? Um, sometimes you'll tell me, it sounds like this is what you're trying to tell me. Or it sounds like you're saying this. Because it's not necessarily that it's what you understood. You might understand what I'm trying to tell you, but because I'm not saying it in a way that presents it properly, it's just something that we've become, kind of come accustomed to where mm-hmm. we'll catch each other on it and kind of get the other person to say it again in a better way. And it, it's not because we're correcting each other. You, you have to understand anything that we're learning between each other, we're using with our kids. And sometimes how I would say it to Quincy, yes, Quincy understands what I'm saying because Quincy knows me. Mm-hmm. But if I was to say it that way to one of our kids, it might come across as harsh or it might come across as I'm taking a dig. And that's not how I mean it. Yeah. So it it just depends. You you ask various different ways. It just depends on the conversation. But does it help? Absolutely. Because if if... We can use the service as an example. Anytime it, Quincy would say certain things about sex, I I just, it bothered me because I always saw it as service. And it was something that I was taught. It's not something that Quincy did. It was something that I was taught. But there were certain things that he would say and I would just cringe on the inside because it was like, you just want me to work for you. And that's not what it is. Yeah, so, because it... You know, jumping in right there just to explain, you would say things very similar to me, and I would never, I would never take it that way, mm-hmm. which would always, it would just tweak you. It would befuddle me to say, okay, I know you say these things to me. Now I'm saying them to you, and all of a sudden there is an issue, not realizing that there was a, a deeper rooted mm-hmm. situation there. But that's where we learned. And I think that was one of the main conversations that we had where, you know, you're telling me this and this is this is what I'm hearing. I don't think you mean this, though. And I actually did. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, I, this is exactly what I mean. And it's and but I had to explain it. It's not intentional. It's not something that I'm trying to keep from you or trying to block out. It is simply the way that I learned it and how I understand it. So we had to come up with a new way to say things. So asking, this is what I'm hearing, or hold on, is is this what you're saying? Because this is what I'm getting from this, and I'm not sure that this right. is the road you're traveling. Just putting those out there helps the other person backtrack and say, okay, is there a better way to put this? Yeah. Or yes, that's exactly what I'm saying, but I'm not saying it because I mean to hurt you. I'm just trying to get it out. Well, and that's a good point because whenever you said, no, that's exactly what I mean, I had to come back with... What the that's, hell? <laughs> I had to come back with, that is very hard for me to hear you say that because A, I felt like you knew me better than that, and B, I have never, ever looked at this situation as it's just a service. Or a job, yeah. 
and that it was an old hangup. You you actually end up taking taking responsibility for that, because like you said, it was nothing that I had done or said. It was simply something old that had nothing to do with me. It was a hangup for you. So that is where you know sometimes what you're saying is exactly what you mean, and that's the point where listening helps you because now you're down you're down to the needy greedy yeah. and you know okay well that is what i mean okay well you're saying that it's hard for me because this is the way that i think so now it's your turn you're listening to me this is the way that i think and this is not how you're perceiving it and this is how this is i want to help you understand where i'm coming yeah. from so now it what you're doing is you're you're Okay, I'm going to go autism mom on this one. What what we do with our kids who are on the spectrum, they don't always understand things the way that everybody else does. Kirsten, growing up, we learned that no, for whatever reason, would not compute. And so we had to start saying things. Instead of, no, don't touch that, we would have to come back and say, hands off. You know, you you're learning what works. You know, instead of telling her, stop that, we don't touch. Or you would tell her, oh, that's not okay. It sounds simple and childish when you put it in that perspective. But that's really what you're doing is saying, okay, well, needs and wants. When Quincy would say, I want sex, it w- the thought process was, you just want service from me. I'm just supposed to lay here and and do this. Okay. That was my mindset in the beginning. That was not what he meant. Yeah, because coming from my perspective is there's like no greater thing than for my spouse to want me. And we were saying the same thing, but we were not saying the same thing. And it's like, you know, we said as an example several episodes ago— if we're at Walmart or we're going to Walmart, we're both going to take a different route because it's what is comfortable to us. So when it's saying, hey, baby, I want I want sex, your want is, you know, it meant something different for you. It was, it was how I was taught and what I saw. But when we changed the mentality to hmm. I need you, that's a completely different thing for me. It's it, it's only I can provide that. It's a need. No one else provides your need. Only I do. Well, thinking of this now, you thrive on being needed. Yes. I thrive on being wanted. Yep. So I was using my own words to communicate that, and it wasn't computing with you. No. Actually, it was computing, but it was coming across the wrong direction. And there there is a huge difference just just getting down to the bare bottom of it when you think about it, no pun intended. I like your bare bottom, baby. Um, the beginning of our marriage, a lot of what we did financially with the kids, with each other, um, you know, just the life that we were living, it was we couldn't have a lot of what we wanted. It was only what we needed. Mm-hmm. That was where we were at. So a lot of those old mindsets kind of trickled into the bedroom and it trickled into 
all areas of our life because a need versus a want. Well, I want a lot of things. It doesn't mean I'm going to get it. And it's not to be a jerk about it. That was just how my headspace worked. But well, it, but that, we had to we had to come up with a new way to talk. And that would trip me out too because you know not tooting anybody's horn, but we both enjoy having sex all the time. True. So you know I think it's mostly those times during the month where it's like I need something or however it goes. We're having a really crappy week and I need to connect. Mm-hmm. That's but that's the difference between. You know, people will tell you, set a schedule. How many times a week do you want to have sex? Set a schedule. Plan these things out. Quincy and I don't plan these things out. We have an agreement of what our needs are and how we need to get those met. And if we can't get those met, we we negotiate. That's our agreement. But we don't actually say, okay, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. That's, that's not how we do things. But there are times when... If life is really, really seriously chaotic, this is going to sound really funny because it makes me laugh when I think about it because I'm talking about my dad and it just doesn't work with sex, but you'll get it. When my dad was sick and things were just piling down on me, I needed that physical connection with Quincy just to ground me in we're okay. Mm -hmm. Everything else can go to crap, but as long as we're okay... I can handle this because I know whatever's coming at me, at least you're not going anywhere. Nothing's going to rock that. It's the same thing for him. If he comes to me and says, I need you tonight, mm-hmm. that is very, very different than you want to. Well, I, it was just as authentic for me saying, I want you, but it was my own terminology. Like I say, it's like, who doesn't want to be wanted? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a wanting to me is a big deal. A needing to you is a big deal. With that being said, just talking about, you know, sex on a schedule, we did learn about sex on a schedule when we were at the the one marriage conference. And while we don't particularly put it on a schedule, they did give us the tool of, you know, just asking, well, how many times a week do you want to have sex? And I don't know if we'd ever really thought about it. I think what was it? You were at two and I was at three or four or no, at that conference we were both at three or four okay well we had a it was interesting that we you got guys driving their truck right now going what <laughs> <laughs> it, it was interesting that we were pretty close I think we were one off plus or minus either way maybe I was at three you were at five so we agree I know you were at three I was at five and we agreed three to four is really what the the magic number is but even though we don't schedule sex it's an indicator of where we are in our relationship. Oh, yeah. And it is something to say, uh, we're feeling kind of, you know, we have, we kind of feeling kind of irritated at each other. How many times we had sex this week? It's just like a tool to look back and say, oh, we're (laughs) missing (laughs) that part of our connection. So we do. Sometimes it's a seven day run. Sometimes life does not give us that opportunity, but it does. It was a handy tool. No pun intended for us to look and say, well, this is how many times we desired it to connect in a week. And we were right there within it, three to five. So four, three to four is like the middle. But, we, it, but it's also one of those things where we know based on having these conversations. And if we hadn't listened to each other and we hadn't really phone, honed in on hearing one another in this particular subject, 
we wouldn't have known. I know now, even if, if we are having sex three or four times a week, if you come home and you have had a really tough day, or if we get some really hard news, it's just kind of an automatic, we know it may not be planned, but this, this needs to happen because we need to, we need to re-solidify us yeah. to get through whatever this is. It It's just being able to understand what the other person is saying. It It's brought us to a place where we, like I said, we have buzzwords. We have things that we say now that we know this is, this is where we're going with this. Mm-hmm. Um, we ask questions about it, but if you're not listening and you're not asking questions, you're not going to know. And ultimately given this previous conversation, you're not getting laid either. So you might want to. Yeah. You never, attention. you don't want to jump to conclusions or assume a bunch of crap or, you, it's it's really important to try to jump out of whatever frame of mind you're in so you can sit there, listen authentically, and then ultimately get to the root of what the other person is trying to communicate. And it's a very, very valuable tool that you can try and start using today. And I would suggest having your wife listen to this episode with you so they understand where we're coming from. And that that would be an just a, an idea for you so that y'all can learn to listen more effectively to each other. If you think of it this way, you're listening intently with the um, with the mindset of figuring out what your role is and what you're hearing. You're learning from what you're hearing. What do you need from me? Where do, What role do I need to play? Am I just the listener? Am I the fixer? Am I, you know, helping you process through something? What you're, if you're not listening, you're going to miss those cues. Mm-hmm. And if you miss those cues, you could seriously derail very quickly because the person might, if I'm coming to him and I need him to just let me vent, it's, it's cool. Just let me vent. But he's still listening. Correct. So when something comes up, he can say, you know, when we talked the other night, you said this. And now I'm seeing that you're doing exactly what you said you were trying not to do. But if he hadn't been paying attention, it would have just been, I was just complaining about the kids or I was just complaining about my day. But I wasn't just complaining. I was pointing out things that I want to fix or I want to change. I wasn't asking him to change them. But because he heard me and he has the permission to poke at things or say things... He can bring it to me now and say, you know, you, you told me this and I'm noticing this behavior. You said you didn't want to do that anymore. Am I wrong? Did I hear that wrong? Or did you want me to remind you that this is what you said? It's very, very simple and basic, but it goes so freaking far mm-hmm. when it comes to communicating. I agree. I, and I could not agree with you anymore. By the way, I want you. Baby, am I a stud or what? Or what? Jackal. <laughs> you walked into that one. <laughs> that's what she said. Oh, Lord, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I love that joke. Anyway, that is it. Listening. Be a better listener. Listen authentically. Authentic listening. It's one of those things there. Or all of those things, you know? And speaking I don't know. Of, Are you listening? Speaking of sex... Live by the mantra, she goes first, always. Key to victory, she goes first. Boom. (laughs) Unintended. (laughs) She she goes boom first, 
then. Go boom together. All right. There you sorry, have it. Sorry, Ashley. Don't be sorry to Ashley. Nothing saying she's listening to this. And all these married men out here, they just got an upgrade. They probably already live by that. They listen to this podcast. Anyway, there it is. Listening. I'll listen authentically or I don't know what to call it. Anyway, I am so glad you're listening, guys. I didn't plan that one, did I? Um, I can't wait to hear what your thoughts are on this episode. Reach out to us. Remember, manversusmarriagepodcast.com. Right there is the easiest place for you to go so that you can connect with us and we can help you along the way. What's your story? We want to hear it. Let us know. For Jeannie Moran, I am Quincy Moran, the Q Dog, and this is Man Versus Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man Versus Marriage, the podcast.